Welcome back to Hunkering Down with Peter Schorsch. We are about three weeks uh, to election day, the primary election day in Florida. Right now, ballots are being cast. Um, as anybody who's listening to this podcast knows, uh, the bulk of the election happens not on election day, uh, but within that window when early and absentee voters get their ballots. Um, I listened to another podcast, uh, The Big Show on the Ringer Network, and they talked about, uh, it was kind of their halfway point, and so the host there had on a variety of guests to come on for like five minutes and give their one movie that they thought was the best movie of 2022 so far. He put it all together, laced it all together. It was like one big podcast, um, little five to 10 minute interviews with each person to come up with their list of the 10 best movies of 2022. I thought, hey, why don't we check in with a bunch of political consultants and activists and operatives uh, in this podcast and the next one and just see what's going on throughout the state, down ballot. Everybody knows what's going on with Nikki and Charlie. So here is going to be a, a slew of uh, different political consultants and activists uh, who are working in state legislative, congressional, down ballot, municipal races and get their feel for what's going on with three weeks left to the primary election. We all know that guy who says he knew DeSantis was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predict It is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections, both foreign and domestic. During the last election, Predict It beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver and election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. He said, she said, podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predicted.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. First up on our uh, rundown of the races to watch is my friend Brett Doster uh, of Frontline Strategies. Uh, Brett has worked on everybody from Jeb Bush throughout the South. Uh, he's always got a very interesting roster of clients, and it's um, it's always it's all I I owe him um, more than I give him credit for because as soon as the races are done and I got to count up all the wins and losses. Uh, he has always got a higher batting average probably uh, than some of the other people that I put on the WNL list, but he, uh, he's very graceful and uh, doesn't, uh, he extends me grace and doesn't uh, bust my chops about it. Good morning, Brett. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for saying that, Peter. I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? You're looking good, by the way. Uh, you know, just, uh, doing my morning walk, you know, it's amazing what happens when you, uh, get up and just. You know, just walk like my like my doctor said. You know, just walk an hour and cut up, cut back uh, one or two martinis, and uh, <laughs> that is my diet plan for the uh, election. Um, you doing all right, man? We're doing great. You know, Peter, at this time of year, I'm sure you probably um, get the same thing with a lot of different consultants. But I'm working about 20 hour days. And I feel like I'm living from like one caffeine burst to the next. So there's a lot of highs and lows, but so I'm looking forward to August 23rd. <laughs> I think that's one of the interesting aspects of your all's business and our business to a certain degree is people don't realize that the primary is busier than the general, you know, like oh, yeah. big time. 
because you've got more, there's more, you got more horses in the, in the field and we've got more races to cover, you know, I mean, this all narrows down and you all become one big Republican team on August 24th. But right now um, you could be working dozens of races. Yeah, Peter, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. That's what it comes down to. You know, primaries, usually in the primaries, everybody's on their own, right? When you get to the general election, the heavy artillery comes in and it becomes more like, you know, nuclear uh, war, you know, with these big missiles coming in from different groups, et cetera. Primaries are a total knife fight. And there's a lot of pressure on the consultants, a lot of emotional carnage with the candidates, you know, trying to figure out who's backstabbing who, when and where. And so <laughs> managing that process is just, you know, as you can imagine, it's maddening. Okay, give me uh, one uh, race that folks throughout the state should be taking a look at. <laughs> well, you know, Peter, listen, you graciously kind of gave me a heads up on what you're going to be talking about this morning. And uh, look, on the one hand, I would love to point out a bunch of my races and tell you, oh, you need to pay attention to this one or pay attention to that one. But I think right now, all eyes are on two congressional races in the state uh, as far as like what I would call the national focus or the national energy. It's on Congressional District 7 in the I-4 corridor and then a little bit farther west over toward Tampa. It's Congressional District 15. Uh, you've got some big personalities in both congressional districts. Uh, you have some interesting reconfigurations uh, because of the uh, uh, redistricting process that now puts those uh, as uh, either hard uh, Republican or winnable in the Republican camp. And so it's going to really change the face and the voices of the I-4 corridor now over the next uh, eight to 10 years. You know, the CD-15 race, I know really well, but you bring up the that CD-7 race in the central Florida area. And it's funny, like, like you, I get like the ad analytics on like when the new or whatever the service is for people, like when a new TV um buy has been made and mm -hmm. i'll see a candidate's name and i'll be like i know that like they're sabatini mills brady duke but then like you know obviously rusty roberts got in there erica benfield's in there there's mm -hmm. like nine candidates in that race and so you know 21 percent, 18 percent might win that race and if you win the primary you're off to the races in november that's right that's exactly right yeah, and I, I think that, you know, uh, obviously, Stephanie Murphy, when she made an announcement that she was not going to be running again, it really created, you know, a vacuum and an opportunity for Republicans to pick up a seat over there. You know, it's not, by the way, um, you know, quite as good, at least on paper, as you would think it is, or at least the way that people are presenting yeah. it. Um, but it is, I think, a very winnable seat. It's going to be, I think, one of the more highly contested seats in the state uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, but this primary is going to be big. And and you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I mean, look, the personalities of the candidates always sort of make the race. Now, a lot of people have their money on Corey Mills over there in CD7 uh, because, you know, he, they see him as the big money guy. Um, you know, quite honestly, I mean, if, if this were any other race in any other time, you would think, well, you know, somebody like Corey should be able to come in and clean things up. But, uh, you know, look, just looking at it from an outsider, uh, meaning that I don't have any candidates in that race, I think it's going to be hard for anyone to stop Anthony Sabatini. And as you know, he's got a massive personality. Uh, he irritates people on both sides of the aisle. And uh, that is going to be a, a really big conversation piece for the uh, next three months. 
Yeah, I uh, on the Sabs part, I got a really bad feeling last Sunday after the Sunshine Summit. Just looking to the the reaction that he got, um, you know, Mark Levin challenged him on his foreign policy stuff, and he was basically like, "We shouldn't be in Ukraine, even if Russia, you know, threatens you uh, parts of Europe. We shouldn't go over there." Um, there and 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 I think Levin. You know, who's no, you know, shrieking violet, shrinking violet said, you know, you're you're just this radical foreign policy view. And then the next day, Sabatini got a lot of social media push from a lot of Republican blue checkmark folks who were like, you know, the isolationist wing of the Republican Party. And normally, if, it, if this like you say, if this was a two man, three man, three candidate race, I think that Sabatini would be able to be pushed off to the side. But if he can just galvanize the 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 purest strain of like the america first uh folks and the isolationists especially after that uh what happened last weekend he can win with 18 19 20 percent of the vote and so i just i did i got a very uh sinking suspicion last sunday monday uh judging from the reaction i'm i'm wondering um do you know are you know the third party groups going to get in here anytime soon i mean i i'm kind of waiting for you know, club for growth or somebody to come in here and drop a million dollars. But I haven't seen any advanced knowledge of a buy or anything like that. I haven't seen it, Peter. I've been watching. And uh, at this point, it's getting late. It's yeah. getting really, really rate, uh, late to shift momentum on a race. Um, and I think what what Anthony's done is credit. Again, you're, you're going to make it sound like I'm like all in with Anthony. I'm not. I'm just trying to be analytical about this. Yeah. But the guy has, you got to give him credit. He has worked the ground really hard. And uh, and so from day one, he's kind of done his best to burn in a uh, loyal following to get to that 20, 21% base in a primary. That's really hard to undo when you have this many candidates in a race. All right. Uh, you're scaring us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, uh, I guess, an, another question, uh, second question I'm going to be asking people on this pod. I don't want you to make a prediction, but uh, where where should we be looking for a surprise? Like, what is, like, you know, I guess it should be, uh, you wouldn't be surprised if on uh, August 24th you got up and you were reading Sunburn and you are reading Playbook and you read that X happened. You know, um, Peter, that's a that's a great question. Um, yeah, there are, I think in the in the now you're referring to the primary season, correct? Yeah, like, doing the primary exactly. If you if you want to go, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You know, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I was just going to say. I mean, I think I think one of the one of the interesting aspects that I'm seeing out there right now is that um, there's the surprises maybe actually be less this cycle. Uh, and and here's what I mean by that. Uh, everyone is fixated on Joe Biden, right? They are fixated on Joe Biden. They hate Joe Biden. Uh, they think that all the problems in the country are national. When you start looking at conservative states and you start looking at um, at uh, what I would call, you know, Republican-led states, the voters in those states feel like things are going pretty well on the state level. So, like, even in Florida, yeah. right? Yeah. Everybody loves DeSantis. Uh, when I say everybody, I'm referring to the Republican base right now. They don't think that there's really an issue with Florida leadership. So 
actually what I'm seeing is a little bit more apathy in the base than what I'm comfortable with right now. Uh, I think that because of that, you're actually may see fewer surprises. And what I mean by fewer surprises, it means that the more conservative candidates, the more well-funded candidates will likely be the winners on election day because there's not that sense of surge where you have higher participation and sometimes that leads to big surprises, you know? So you have like these, um, and I'll just use a few of my clients as for examples, you know, you've got like uh, Maria Calkins over in the panhandle and the establishment is pretty much like all lined up against her. I think that she ends up winning that race fairly handily because it's such a conservative district. Uh, then you're going to see other places where like, uh, you know, Jay Trumbull, who's another client of mine in the panhandle, uh, is very well funded, uh, you know, very um, uh, favored, I think, by what you would call all the traditional machinery of the Republican base. Um, but he's going to end up with a big victory there, over there because of the big funding disparity. So, again, you think to yourself, well, Brett, how's that a big surprise? Well, again, I think the surprise is, is that probably after the last couple cycles, we just may not see as many surprises. It's going to favor money on the big races. And in these smaller races, it's going to favor ideology. And I think you're going to see lower voter participation across the board. We live in a very interesting world right now where people think that, uh, you know, um, a recession might save Joe Biden because it'll slow down the, the Fed from hiking up interest rates, which will somehow, you know, turn the stock market around and you know, like somehow, you know, Schumer and Manchin have now, you know, Joe Biden's going to be able to campaign on probably one of the most significant domestic agendas. I can't believe that, you know, Rick Scott is probably going to, I think Rick Scott may end up being the big loser of this cycle because I do think at this point, I think the Democrats are going to hang on to the U.S. Senate. And so at the end of the day, I don't know that there's going to be much change. I think you're going to, obviously you're going to still have Joe Biden there. Uh, you're going to have, I think, a Democratic Senate, maybe with a couple more votes than you did before. You're going to have a very narrow Republican House. That'll be, that'll, you know, you start to see on that the the Democratic uh, or the gener generic ballot has improved significantly for Democrats there. The Cook Report has, you know, upgraded that where it's, it's probably going to be, they're going to be in the same position that the Democrats are in where they have a, I think, a narrow majority. And I think you're right in Florida, um, I don't know what surprises we're going to see in November. Um, I really, I mean, the only race I really couldn't feel calling right now is the Democratic primary for AG. I don't know who's going to get beat by Ashley Moody uh, in November. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're right on uh, on most of it. But, um, well, I appreciate you coming on. I, uh, I want to make sure that we get you back on uh, before November. We'll do this again. And I hope that we get to... I, I hope that we get to add you uh, and include you on our winners list in the primary. I think you got a lot of big wins coming. And so best of luck to you and your team. And uh, we'll talk to you again. Hey, Peter, I appreciate the opportunity to be on. And if I get any other uh, intel on uh, seven that will make you feel better, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, I will say I, I owe you one for the uh, that that slight tip on your candidate on uh, House District 16 uh, about the uh, generous contribution from friends of Ron DeSantis to um, um, how do you say uh, her name? Yeah, in it's it's Kion Michael. And yeah, Kion Michael, that is a. That may be, uh, we're going to have to come back on that race because that may be the most interesting uh, House primary at this point. Uh, Kion Michael, probably in third when it comes to like name ID and money, but just got the governor's endorsement over two kind of flawed 
um, but more establishment candidates. And I, I could see where, you know, uh, frontline strategies pulls off an upset there uh, in three weeks. That's my prediction, Peter. And I, and I didn't want to talk too much about that because that's my client again, but you watch, that'll be a big surprise over there in District 16. Okay, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. All right, man, thank you. You got it, brother. Take care, man. Next up on this uh, kind of special edition of Hunkering Down with Peter Schwartz is Christian Olvert, a Democratic strategist based out of South Florida. Um, one of the coolest cats I know. I always enjoy talking to him. He travels almost as well as I do. I was envious of his recent <laughs> pictures. Uh, how are you? I'm good, Peter. Always great to chat with you about our lovely Sunshine State politics. Not for oh. the fan of hearts. No, and and you are definitely. Uh, this is the Christian Olvert cycle, right? I mean, you you seem to be in the thick of all of the the Dem primaries. I mean, you're advising um, the Senate Democrats. I mean, you've got just a slew of races right now, right? I do. It's it's a busy twenty two at Edge Communications for sure. Um. All right. So I'm asking everybody basically the same two questions, uh, and it doesn't have to be necessarily one, but what is a race our kind of statewide audience uh, should be paying attention to, either in your neck of the woods or a race that you've been following yourself? But what's a, what's a race that people uh, need to keep an eye on? Sure. I, I'm, I'll give you a couple. One, because I'm biased on uh, leader Lauren Book's uh, race. It's one that uh, we feel very comfortable where she's at. But it has statewide implications because her opponent decided to challenge the leader in a final two-year term uh, at a time when the leader is really was 100% solely focused at the beginning of the year on building an amazing Senate victory operation. She has continued to do that, uh, but now we've had to contend with a primary unnecessarily because the leader has two years left and her opponent could have easily run in 2024 in an open year build amazing political capital and you know basically could have had it handed to her in 24. so it's definitely one that everyone's watching our caucus members are obviously rightfully frustrated that uh our fearless leader found herself in this primary so it's one that i know statewide uh implications are, are being watched closely uh the second one that I am just a, a, a bystander in that I think is fascinating to see is how Republicans are maneuvering whether their own Anthony Sabatini is going to end up in the halls of Congress uh, just because he's loud and it could really uh, present a challenge for not only for the uh, Republicans in Washington, but really for the state since he's just so vocal and given how anti Tallahassee Republicans, he is. It's it's fascinating to watch from afar. All right, let's go back to the book, uh, Sharif race. Um, I'll ask. All right, so let me ask you for like the people that are listening. You know, Tallahassee folks, um, deciders. How worried are you at this point, three weeks out from the election? There was a Politico article, and it wasn't really that the race was. Uh, up for grabs, it was that the race 
the desire the desired effect of um the race being a distraction for the leader uh had been achieved um so is lauren in trouble or is it is it going to end up just being an expensive proposition lauren is not in trouble i mean she is amazing on the campaign trail truly it's inspiring to see because she is connecting with voters across the district our internal polling shows it now we've seen it with independent polling that shows that lauren has a pretty comfortable double digit lead um why folks are frustrated is the same reason i'm frustrated is because we're gonna go through the exercise which you know we applaud because we live in a democracy and we welcome it of a primary it's just taking resources away uh, from what could have been general election resources not from senate victory side but the leader has amazing relationships we know that um and she was deploying those 100 to senate victory but as i told her the day that barbara sharif filed against her um is there's no leader book in the senate if there's no senator lauren book so we had to quickly focus on making sure that her path to victory was clear. So we're going to end up in a, on a primary night win um, with a great story to share with a community that's really rallied around Lauren Book. All amazing things. But at the end of the day, as Democrats, our eye must always be on November. And the leader's opponent tried to take us off that game um and the only ones that benefits are republicans right and i think as the political story mentioned and i know you've mentioned it uh, in past writings peter in your publication is the leader of the republicans in the senate has no race this year yet our leader does not by her choice or by her doing because she's active in her community it's because someone decided to challenge her and we're going to end up where we are august 23rd in a place where I believe the leader is just going to be stronger as a senator. All right. Let me ask you the even tougher question. I mean, do you think shenanigans are uh, at work here? I mean, is it is Barbara Sharif being propped up by, I don't want to say the dark money that infiltrated the 2018 and 2020 races, but is this, is this, is there something nefarious at work here in your in your opinion? I know it's kind of hard to prove right now, but in your yeah. opinion. I mean, something's amiss only because, you know, our opponent had a, 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 a roster of Democratic consultants on her team and then uh, overnight and may changed her entire team and now has a Republican consultant. So I, I find that fascinating, right? Um, it's one that should leave a lot of folks questioning. Um, we haven't seen you know, funding other than our opponent's personal money uh, in the race, but you do have to wonder what, what's behind her having a Republican consultant drive her campaign strategy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, okay, and then, um, you know, just, I don't want to like pivot, but like we talked about the Sabatini um, race with Brett Doster uh, and we it, he's not having the same sinking feeling. He wouldn't describe his feeling as sinking, but I'm starting to have that same sinking feeling that, you know, two and a half touchdowns here uh, may win that primary. And um, it is going to be scary. I, I, I see this like 
I see these press conferences happening with Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, um, you know, MTG and Sabatini up there. And I'm just like, I'm embarrassed for the country. Um, yeah. that like, that just, um, you know, it's a new squad that is just going to be, um, it's just, it's, they're, they're, they're going to, you know, trip over each other, um, to say the more ridiculous thing. And so I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that at all. Um, I agree. Okay. My other question for you, um, you, Open up Sunburn Playbook City and States got a new morning email uh, on August 24th, the day after the primary. You will not be surprised if you read what? The, the governor's efforts to reshape school board members didn't go as he planned. Hmm. Interesting. I think these are very localized races with folks on the ballot that have history in their community um, and I think an effort to test the, uh, their political operation with school board races is interesting because they don't have the same partisan feel or makeup of a you know legislative primary. They're just different. So I wouldn't be surprised if we wake up on August 24th and reflect that in the the gamble may have not paid off and it would really put to question the veracity of the governor's political strength um, on the ballot. You know, I'm going to, I'm just going to add one thing on that. And because I've been thinking about it and I've been work like noodling with a column along those lines, like 2016, we saw all these people that wanted to try and be like Rick Scott. They were the self-funders um, thinking about like Carlos Baruf, thinking of like Todd Wilcox. Um, and there was just a lot more of them. They saw the Rick Scott model and they're like, Hey, I have no political experience, but I have a big checkbook. I'm going to get into politics. And they, they obviously faltered. And now it's like, you know, 2022, you've got these DeSantis wannabes, the Jason Fishers of the world um, that, you know, they, they want to be, and I want to say, you're not like DeSantis. You don't have the same strengths that he has. You know, he went to Harvard mm -hmm. and Yale. He has a Navy background. He spent, like, people forget, and they underestimate the um, the training he went through by doing mm -hmm. years of Fox News coverage. Like, he is really good at, pub at press conferences because he, he, was, he was doing, you know, the 1130 hit on Fox News you know, long before he was even running. And I just, I feel like to your kind of as a corollary to what you're saying, I don't necessarily know that the DeSantis magic translates to all these down ballot candidates, but that will be something that will, we will be yeah. looking for on, um, on August 24th. Christian, Indeed. I appreciate you coming on. I, uh, I know you got a, a, a busy schedule. Best of luck to you and to Lauren. Uh, we're Thank definitely you. pulling for and uh, we will circle back with you after the primary to see how all of those um, uh, edge communications uh, uh, candidates did. Awesome. Thank you, Peter. Okay, it would not be a hook right now. Uh, 
<laughs> he's the busiest man uh, in Florida politics right now. And it would not be a hunkering down podcast if we didn't bring on uh, my main man, Anthony Pettisini. What's up, brother? What's up, sir? I, again, I, I can't believe you're in a, you're in a trailer park. <laughs> I this is where I'm doing it from. I, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, this one's kind of interesting because we don't have connected, uh, water. So you have to be very You're selective on when you shower and all yeah. that. Yeah. Somebody comes by. I'm like, man, that's a job. That is a job, sir. And like, he wanted to show me it last night. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I, I trust, you know what you're doing. Please tell uh, me you tipped him out. So you guys get a little extra water. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, I did greet some. I'm like, Hey, you know, let me just pay you ahead. Uh, make sure you come back. Um, all right, you're super busy, but like we're having like Ashley Walker, Doster, Olbert, like it's a it's a murderer's super, row. Of, the super like, friends, yeah, the super of uh consultants. What is forget about Freed, Chris, all that stuff. Primaries down ballot. What's something that the statewide audience should be looking? What's a race or two that they should be looking at? I, other, I think, other than CD15, because Doster hit that one too. Well, yeah, no, no. I think CD15 is on the list. I think these congressional primaries with multiple candidates in there. So like you have the one in Pinellas, the one in Orlando, any of these, these are anybody's races where you're going to get a member of Congress who wins 24% of the vote or, or right in that zone. And they're going to the United States Congress from Florida. That's a huge deal. So I think watching those races is very important. And then I think there's, you know, there's some legislative battles out there that are just freaky weird and and uh, that are similar to the congressional ones that are just going to be hard fought. And you're going to have a member eke in with 30%. What do you think about that CD13 race with Anna Polina, Hazlett and Mackey? To me, it seems like Mackey's kind of dropped off the radar. Hazlett seems like he has spent his way into contention, yep. but it's still APLs to lose. Am I am I wrong there? Well, I get the feeling that Kevin Hazlett's coming on strong here at the right time. I think the honey hole time is what, like next week, right? Like this is you're the make or break it 20 days out. So I think he's coming on at the right time. I still think that she has just a very big lead that she's had since the beginning because she's run before. That's a lot what, of team. What was that? What was that word? Honey hole time? The honey hole. Yes, yeah, the honey hole. Honey hole. Is that is that is that dirty or is that just uh is that a country term? Uh, nah, I think it's like a Winnie the Pooh slash uh oh. term. You find so, a nice you know, I knew you were into the bees, which is awesome. I did not know that you were into the butterflies as well. Oh, yeah. Lepidarian for sure. Oh, wow. Um, do you go over to the one, the, the like um, the Green Thumb Festival in St. Pete? Like, I know they have like the big butterfly garden. No. Uh, no. So what, what I will tell you is I can turn your backyard into a very natural Florida butterfly place in three minutes with with about three plants. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. You plant I don't know if you know this, but butterflies you everywhere. You have a, a goddaughter named Ella Joyce who would, you know, gladly welcome you turning like. Oh, uh, it's crazy. I told Michelle like three years ago when I did this at my brother's house. I'm like, I will come plant it for you. Here are the list. I sent her the list of plants and I said, here, buy these and I'll come plant them. I'm, I'm, I got to figure out what she's doing on that one. OK, <laughs> uh, the other question, you wake up August 24th. Not that you're going to sleep much, you know, the night of August 23rd going into the 24th, but um you wake up August 24th. What what would you read that would surprise you? Uh, something that would happening. What what's something that would surprise you if it turns out to be uh, out of the primary? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Nikki Freed beats Charlie Crist. So you think Charlie's the, still locked in there? By a much smaller margin than anyone thinks. Really? 
you say you think the trick daddy endorsement is what's turned the race around? No, I think that I think that there's this element that no one is really seeing in both sides of the the parties, right? On the left and the right, where they're looking for for purists. Like in the Republican side, we're having like a rhino purge. It's like yeah. everyone's a rhino. And it's coming from these tinfoil hat wearing REC people who are crazy, um, which now I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. But on the left, you have the same you know, people who don't want to shave their armpits saying we need pure Democrats. You, Charlie's not a pure Democrat. That's just it's true. Yeah, you bring up a good point there. Uh, and I wonder, this is the least in charge the Florida GOP establishment has been of an election cycle that I can remember. Like, I guess just I mean, DeSantis is the Florida GOP establishment. And I get that. But like the the powers to be the lobby firms, the donors like they cannot be happy with these multi-way primaries. They cannot be happy where they don't know who's going to come out of. There's some state house races, you know, that, you know, the third, the candidate that's the, you know, got the least amount of funds, but they got the endorsement from the, you know, Santa Rosa Liberty Caucus uh, committee. They might end up winning or something like that. It's, see, I think in these open candidate races, nobody's really, you know, it's like, okay, great. We're going to get X candidate. They're going to be a Republican. They're going to vote with leadership. That if I'm a lobby firm, that's great for me. I think the annoyance is when you have a, a, a challenger to Lawrence McClure, or Josie Tomko or Mike yeah. Bruce, or Fred Hawkins or David Smith, who have done nothing wrong ideologically, literally, but have crazy right wing challengers that are nuts. Yeah. The, the, who's the person running against Josie Tomko? The- don't even, don't even know, but he's crazy. Yeah, I read the article. He's crazy. Um, okay, well, we'll let you get back to work. Uh, we'll check in with you probably before the primary, after the primary. Best of luck to you and all your candidates. But, of course, I'll talk to you a hundred times. Be careful Anthony with the mosquitoes. Uh, cover model for this edition of Influence <laughs> Magazine. Uh, coming out on print right now. It's digital. Um, all right, thanks, buddy. Thanks for thanks, coming guys. on. All right, bye. Okay, uh, another guest. This is his first time appearance, but uh, he's somebody I talk to a lot and not just about Florida politics. We just have good conversations about uh, about life, gambling, some of the hard rock, more gambling, restaurants, New York, TV ads, etc. My main man in Southwest Florida, Max Goodman. Max, how are you? I'm I'm doing great, Peter. I, I, I also like to refer to myself as as your Jewish brother from a different mother. Well, if that's true, though, then that makes Adam your brother. Ah, also great. my that's, brother. Yes, that's right that there. is a great point, uh, uh, Peter. I know I know we got a tight schedule here, but I just wanted to throw this out uh, there uh, to you. Um, if I were to rent a couple bloodhounds and threw on a flannel shirt and uh, and maybe uh, took up a shotgun, do you think I have a chance of making it on the cover of Influence Magazine next year? Oh wow, wow, wow! I mean, you're you're dogging the uh, no, Godfather I, of Ella Joyce. I mean, let, let, let me just say, Pedicini pulled it off. I I will say, I got many a phone call about that. I think he pulled it off. I do not think I could pull it off nearly as well. You know what really annoys me about Anthony, <laughs> and he's going to listen to this podcast, uh, is um, he's so damn photogenic. 
Hey. For not being like the best looking, he's just like a regular guy. He's just. I think he's a great looking dude. He is a. He, <laughs> and, and you could put him in any attire too. Right. I mean, no, like I think so. My late father in law, Benjamin Todd. So like Michelle and Anthony are super super close, and like I think at some point Benjamin was just like, "Hey, when are you gonna marry Mister Clean?" You know, and he does. He just like you see all this like Instagram photos. Like he just freaking like he is so he is disproportionately photogenic uh, i will uh, just like i will I, leave it at that with that and it just it drives look, me crazy look i wasn't i wasn't planning on making this a pedicy uh love fest but <laughs> i uh i would have to agree with you um i think i think you will be on the cover uh, all right so can we just have one little like zinger at adam because we love oh, adam so please, much please please oh like, i don't care so, if, we, if we take up this whole this whole podcast on just that yes and you got to remember like i so like I, not only do i love adam but it's like my my like envy of him goes back like so many years like the first time I met him like he showed up with like his production truck, like me and my boss at the time we were like shooting like TV ads on like a Polaroid and like Adam comes in, you know, and he's got like, he's got the truck. He's got the truck with all the equipment and people and like everybody's got matching shirts and like they the go grip, the gapper. Yep. Oh, I know. Like, even if it doesn't like, do you really need a gaffer or a tracking <laughs> shot in a, a 25 second ad for Frank Farkas? No, you didn't. But I was just like, I was so in awe of just like the whole production. Um, and I never stopped being in like that. Just he's he just he carries himself so well. So now I get to bust his chops and say, he talk about the magazine cover. Um, there was the time I put Adam on the list of like almost in the top 100. Um, hey. And Adam deserves it. And there was definitely a time Adam would have been on the Influence 100, but he's like, he's just not as active as he was. You know, he's he's more like a legend at this point. Um, but he put the cover on and he like he was like so excited to be included in this magazine. Mm -hmm. And so he made it like he was in the 100. And like everybody's like, congratulations, you should be in the top 25, blah, blah, blah. So that is just such, you know, like you would not be the first Goodman to... <laughs> to sidle your way up on listen, Influence Magazine. Listen, Adam takes that stuff uh, uh, very seriously and rightfully so. And and I think he's still uh, uh, out there in, in some part of this country with a uh, with a grip truck in hand and uh, and uh, you know getting the the best presentation possible for his clients. Dude, you know if if any person in the process, any person in the process, would be ecstatic to uh change places with the career that Adam has had um over the last like three or four decades or however and still have his youthful good looks to be with him. But, and, um, um, by the way, and, and I'll just say uh, uh, five more seconds. He's he hasn't seen a bad day in his life, right? He actually right. wakes up happy. I'm, he, I'm yeah, a little more up, manic, right? Yeah. I'm I'm up and down. Yeah. He's there's no there's yeah he he will take this ball busting in 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 Somehow he will turn it around and he'll post like a link to this podcast and he'll be like, right. Excited to have been discussed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. All right. Let's get to it. Okay. Uh, you're working out. You've got congressional, you got some down ballot. Uh, what's the race that my statewide audience should be paying attention, a primary race 
that my uh, statewide audience should be listening to. Listen, and, and I, I really mean this, and I know we haven't talked, you know, one one lick about this race, but it it goes back to our old uh, battles, Peter, between uh, Jolly and Christ. I am looking at that uh, that District uh, 13 uh, congressional race. Now, I've seen obviously some some polling that maybe you all have put out that Anna Paulina Luna thinks that she's up a lot. I will tell you, I know next to nothing about this Kevin Hazlett guy, but anytime I'm out at the bar or anytime I'm, I'm whatever, I turn on Tampa TV and I'm seeing his ads everywhere. I see that he's been endorsed, you know, by Grady Judd and and uh, and, and your sheriff up there. Um, I, I'm telling you, man, I just think that guy and, and and he raises money like nobody else. I mean, it's 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 kind of incredible for for a. Uh, I assume he's a first time candidate for for Congress, but I don't know. He just got an impressive resume. I don't know if the Tampa Bay Times endorsement is going to is going to win him votes or lose him votes. But that's a race I'm I'm looking at. I think, um, you know, the Amanda Mackey. Uh, I just, what happened I, to OK? All right, because you were you you have actually worked the CD 13 race, although 13 has changed. obviously, Indeed. And in fact, we would be remiss. I mean, gosh, our main man, David Jolly, who I'm I'm going to just I've told this story once before, so I'm not I'll, I'll tell it again. Today is the 11th anniversary of Michelle and I getting engaged. Mm. That does not happen without David Jolly loaning me the money when I was just starting out St. Peter's blog, loaning me the money um, to buy the, the kind of engagement ring that Michelle deserved at the time. Um, he literally put. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Alan Susky, on a plane with the check down here so I could get it, so that I could get the the ring that I saw so that today I could ask Michelle. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hear that. He's another guy that, you know, just, you know, I think a lot of people would trade places with uh, just when you look at his career and what he's accomplished and what he's doing with his family now. But I will say, um, you look at CD13, it has changed significantly since you worked it, I think the person that is praying that Kevin Hazlett does not like come up from the back here is Eric Lynn. Am I right? I mean, by, by he's got to be I, open. I, I I absolutely agree because you know you have and and by the way, are we assuming that that Amanda Mackey is is do do we think she's still in the hunt there? Peter? Uh no, I think she's out. Like yeah, and 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 it's a it's a sad it's a little bit of a sad tale because it just seemed like she could never really uh, uh, grasp her footing. You know, she had that, that, that little snafu, I believe at the end of the last campaign, if my memory serves me correct, where Donald Trump Jr. Slapped her down because she was using his likeness and, you know, to no fault of her own, you know, having it been an aide for Lisa Murkowski, that's just something in this, in this Trump America that just, that ain't going to go over well with uh with certain folks. So, um, look, I'm assuming Anna Paulina Luna is is the front runner. She may be the heavy front runner there, but I agree with you. I think uh, uh, Eric Lynn, uh, the last person he'd want to uh, uh, go up against is is Hazlett. Now, with all that being said, do does Hazlett have a shot? You would know better. This is your backyard. I think he does. Um, I think you're right. I don't think. I mean, if I was Anna Polina Luna, I would send out the fact that he was endorsed by the Tampa Bay Times, right? Indeed. I mean, isn't that like kind of a, a joke at this point? Not a, not the Times, it's it, a joke. Of but course. Like, 
it hurts, right, in a GOP primary. Um, I think I will say this. I will be interested to see what happens this next week. Will the third parties, like, there is a huge TV buy slated for Club for Growth in this district. I'm assuming it is for their candidate, um, you know, Anna Polina Luna. But until I see it on air, I... I, 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 I doubt, you know, like I, I've got to see it. And so she needs some air cover. That is a person that needs some air cover right now um, to, because I, I think you're right. Like Kevin Hazlett is ubiquitous. Um, I saw him like at, like he is like at the Patriot forum. He is yep. at this forum all over the place. So yep. um, what's a, a down ballot race like in your neck of the woods that people should be following? Uh, you know, here locally, uh, in Sarasota, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, keeping an eye on some of the, uh, uh, county commission races, you know, here, uh, uh, one of my, uh, uh, dear friends, Joe Gruders has a, uh, has a primary he's got a race, right? I mean, he's got, well, I mean, that's, I, you know, it depends how we want it to find race, but it's, uh, it's an, it's an open primary, which, which, you know, for any, a diehard Trump Republican can be a little bit of a danger zone, right? So that's just something that, uh, you know, we're just monitoring, uh, uh, keeping an eye on, making sure that he uh, he prevails by a, uh, by a wide margin. Okay. Um, so April, or excuse me, August 24th, you wake up the next day. I know you start your day with sunburn. I, I, I get that. But as you read, the great reporting of Zach Anderson and the Sarasota Herald Tribune. Um, and you collect your thoughts for the day. What will you be, what would not surprise you if you read X happening, but it still would be a surprise. What would, what would surprise you? It would surprise me. Well, it's not going to be anything truly here locally because, uh, Vern Buchanan is 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 going to trounce uh, uh, his opponent Martin Hyde, who's 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 just a bit of a fraud. Um, Wait, is he still running? Is Martin he is Hyde? Still, yes, he's still he is uh, he is he is on the ballot. He is on the ballot. He's decided to see this one through. So, um, but Vern Vern will have no issue there. Stuby doesn't even have a primary. I'm going to go back to and I, I hate to throw it. I'm I'm just becoming a little hooked on this District 13. I remember when Florida politics broke to me the morning of the election that Anna Paulina Luna, I think you released a poll that had Anna Paulina uh, Luna winning that race. And I got to tell you, I, I don't think anybody in my orbit necessarily thought that. And, 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 and obviously that that ended up being true. I think I'm going to see a St. Pete polls at some point that has uh, Hazlett uh, neck and neck and uh, on the 24th. He is the uh, he's the he's the guy who prevails to take on uh, Eric Lynn. Wow. OK, uh, there's been a lot of Anna Polina, Luna, Kevin Hazlett discussion. I think that that may be now that like so you're the fourth one that I've done. I don't know what order I'm going to put all these in, but um, it that may be the most watched primary, I guess, at this point. Um, I know that, that one. And then and then you have the 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 one in 15. I mean, I adore uh Jackie Toledo I just think she's I think she's an awesome uh candidate I think she's she you know nobody works harder I do appreciate uh you know the sweat equity there um but boy that uh, that one uh I need a lot smarter people than me to be able to uh 
to properly horse race that one? I'll, I mean, so I will say that if I had my druthers, I would go with Lee or Toledo. Although I respect Kelly Stargell. I, all I will say that I have bet against Jackie Toledo. Like that is the one primary that I got wrong uh, or not one, pro- the, the wrong, the down ballot general that I got really wrong was Jackie Toledo versus whoever her Democrat was. Like we just were way yeah. off on that one. Yeah. I and, remember that. I remember um, that. I've just, I've been wrong on her. And so it's like, I, she's, I think she's probably the hardest working candidate in that race. Somebody told me today, like, don't count out the other two uh, candidates. I think Grimes is one. I forget what the name of the other person is as, you know, being able to pull, um, you know, seven, eight, 9% and and, and be a factor in the race. And so all I can say is, Stargell's the one whose whose daughter came out against her, right? Or am I making that up? Uh, no, I I, uh, <laughs> I think she's actually had two daughters, uh, both at different points, uh, publicly come out against her political actions. Uh, I see. Uh, bec- yeah, it's just it's 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 not a good situation. Um, yeah. Um, all right, Max. Um, my favorite Goodman. Uh, uh, my uh, my junior uh, brother from another mother. Yeah, well, Adam will Adam will post this link now. Now that you refer to, I don't think he likes that when it's, and that's why you got to keep saying it. Does Adam listen to podcasts? Is he a podcast guy? Adam is a podcast guy, and you know that he probably records his own, uh, albeit to an audience of one, just to get that baritone sharp for when he has to, you know, sub in and do some voiceover. So that, you that voice be. is 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 it's golden there. Yeah. It is. I don't know why. I mean, he could he could start right now doing that, just doing voiceover as a career and and make hundreds of thousands of dollars just on how good his voice is for like, (laughs) I God, I love Adam. All right. All right, Peter. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on Hunkering Down with Peter Schorch. Appreciate it, Peter. Bye. I want to thank all of my guests for coming on this first edition of um, basically a different kind of format for hunkering down. Max Goodman, Anthony Pettacini, Christian Olvert, uh, and Brett Doster. Uh, I think you got a good taste uh, of what's going on in some of the primaries. I want to expand in the next edition. I'll probably record this another one Monday, Tuesday, if I can get the right guests lined up. Uh, We're still trying to connect with Ashley Walker and some other folks that we may have mentioned in some of the segments, but the segments went a little wrong or a little long. So um, uh, I appreciate it. And we will, um, we'll see you on the campaign trail. Thank you.